Hello, this is Yusra from newsroundy.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 21st of February. According to the Union Health Ministry, India recorded 16,051 new COVID-19 cases on Monday, taking the total tally of infections to 4.28 crore since the beginning of the pandemic in January 2020. The official death toll rose to 5.12 lakh with 206 deaths in the last 24 hours. The country has administered more than 175 crore vaccine doses so far under the nationwide vaccination drive that began in January 2021. India's recovery rate has further improved to 98.33%. Students from classes 1 to 12 as well as some pre-primary schools returned to campus in Goa today on Monday after a prolonged period of online learning due to the pandemic. The Times of India reported Physical classes for standards 1 to 8 also resumed in summer zone schools of Jammu and Kashmir. Meanwhile, Australia reopened its international border today for the first time after nearly 2 years of being closed, bringing joyful family reunions and a boost to tourism, the BBC reported. The country had imposed one of the world's strictest travel bans after shutting itself off in March 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The Sydney airport today on Monday witnessed tearful reunions as hundreds of people arrived in the country. Rashtriya Janata Dal chief Lalu Prasad Yadav was sentenced to jail for 5 years today on Monday in the rupees 139.95 crore Doranda Treasury case in the fodder scam, ANI reported. Yadav has also been fined a sum of rupees 60 lakh. Yadav and 74 other persons were convicted in the case by the court on February 15th. 24 accused persons were acquitted. The former chief minister of Bihar has been convicted in four other cases related to the scam with regards to alleged fraudulent withdrawal of rupees 37.7 crore and rupees 33.13 crore from the Chaibasa treasury, rupees 89.27 crore from the Deoghar treasury and rupees 3.76 crore from the Dumka treasury. He has already spent three and a half years in jail of the total of 14 years that he has been sentenced with in the fodder scam cases. Exposed in 1996, the alleged fodder scam pertains to the embezzlement of around Rs. 1,000 crore from the state exchequer for the purchase of fictitious medicines and fodder for cattle. Yadav was the chief minister of the state at the time. According to the PTI, 170 persons were accused in the Duranda case of which 55 have died, 7 became government witnesses, two admitted to the charges against them and six persons are still absconding the main accused comprise lalu prasad yadav former mp jagdish sharma the then public accounts committee chairperson dhruv bhagat former animal husbandry secretary beck julius and animal husbandry assistant director km prasad Following the killing of a Bajrang Dal worker late last night, the administration has imposed prohibitory orders in Karnataka's Shiv Moga today on Monday, the Hindustan Times reported. People in the town are not allowed to gather in groups of five or more in public. According to Selvamani R, the Shiv Moga Deputy Commissioner, Section 144 of the Criminal Procedure Code has been imposed in the region and local police and rapid action force have been deployed to maintain law and order, ANI reported. The 26-year-old right-wing activist Harsh was allegedly killed on Sunday night in Shivmogga. Today on Monday, amid heavy security, the body of the deceased was taken to his residence after post-mortem. A large number of workers of right-wing outfits were seen gathered at the spot. State Home Minister Araga Nanendra met and assured the victim's family of swift action. He claimed that the police have found vital clues and will soon arrest the culprits, urging people to remain calm. 
Despite the prohibitory orders, ANI reported incidents of stone pelting and arson, with some people having allegedly burnt several vehicles in Shivmoga. As a precautionary measure, the administration has announced that schools and colleges in the city limits will remain shut for two days. On Sunday, India Today reported Nanindra clarifying that the killing was not related to the ban on hijabs in educational institutions and the resultant protests, and that further investigation was necessary. However, Rural Development Minister K.S. Ishwarappa accused, and I quote, Musliman gundas or Muslim goons for the killing, ANI reported. Over the past month, the state of Karnataka has witnessed a controversial storm over a ban on Muslim girls wearing hijab inside educational institutions that translated into some incidents of violence. However, the police maintains that the murder is not related to the hijab row. Dear listeners, this election season, News Laundry had an entire battery of reporters on ground bringing to you stories that matter to the public so that you could hold those in power responsible and make informed decisions. We were able to bring to you these stories because of your support to our NL Sena project that funded this election coverage. You can find all our election-related video shows, interviews and ground reports under the tag Assembly Elections 2022 on our website newslaundry.com. If you like what we do, then continue to support us. Help us power public service journalism by becoming a paid subscriber. Click on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of our website and pay to keep news free. Also, as a part of our 10-year celebrations that conclude this month, we have for you a subscription challenge until the 28th of February. All you have to do is gift subscriptions to your friends and family and send their email IDs to us at subscription at newslaundry.com with subscription challenge in the subject line. When the challenge ends on the 28th of February, we will pick the 10 participants who gifted the most number of subscriptions and each of them will get a smaller postcard version of one of the NL at 10 limited artwork. According to the police, a CPIM worker was hacked to death in front of his house in Thalasheri in Kannur district early morning today, the Indian Express reported. The CPIM has blamed the BJP RSS for the attack, which the BJP categorically denies. The man murdered was a 54-year-old fisherman, Kurambil Haridas. It is alleged that the perpetrators were lying in wait for him near his house and killed him as he was returning from fishing early morning. Haridas was rushed to the nearby hospital by his relatives, but he died on the way. According to police sources, the past week saw tensions between the CPIM and the RSS over a local temple festival. There were registered cases against both parties in association with the contention and the BJP had been protesting against alleged assaults on its workers. In one such protest meeting, a local BJP leader, K. Lijesh, had warned the CPIM of dire consequences if their members were targeted. He was seen on video stating that the CPIM should remember how the party has handled those who assaulted its party workers. Whereas CPIM Kannur District Secretary M.K. Jayarajan said that the incident revealed the cruel face of the BJP and the RSS who continue to engage in political killings in Kannur. The Kannur District has a long history of political crimes, especially involving CPI and the Sangh Parivar. Police security was strengthened in the region to prevent further untoward incidents. Seven booths in four districts of Tamil Nadu conducted re-polling in response to allegations of malpractice in urban local body elections, the Indian Express reported. The elections to urban local bodies in Tamil Nadu were held on Saturday. Re-polling was ordered by the State Election Commission in one booth in Ward 51 and one in Ward 179 of Chennai, 
one in Ward 17 in Madurai and two booths each in the Ward 16 of the Jayankonda municipality and Ward 25 of the Tiruvannamalai municipality. Voting commenced at 7 a.m. and concluded at 6 p.m., the last hour being reserved for coronavirus patients. The repolling was ordered after the All India Anna Dravida Munnareta Kazakam accused the Dravida Munnareta Kazakam of engaging in violence on Saturday, the PTI reported. A Dravida Munnareta Kazakam member allegedly damaged the voting machine and threatened the election officials at Besant Nagar in Chennai. According to the Deputy Commissioner of Police M Mahindran, two people have been arrested in the matter so far, the Indian Express reported. They have been booked under Indian Penal Code Section 504 Intentional Insult and the Tamil Nadu Public Property Prevention of Damage and Loss Act. The urban local body election votes will be counted on Tuesday. The state of Tamil Nadu saw civic elections being held after a gap of over 10 years. Iran's president Ibrahim Raisi landed in Qatar today to participate in high-level talks with Sheikh Tamim bin Hamad Al Thani, the Amir of Qatar, and to participate in the Gas Exporting Countries Forum (GECF). Al Jazeera reported. Accompanied by several ministers on his two-day visit, Raisi is expected to sign several agreements to strengthen bilateral ties between the two countries. According to the Iran Roads and Transport Minister Rostam Ghasemi Ford's telecast on state television, four agreements are expected to be signed between the two countries. The most important being an agreement on a plan to connect Iran and Qatar via an underwater tunnel. Two other agreements are related to shipping and boosting maritime trade, while the fourth one deals with improving air travel between the two countries. Raisi will then represent Iran on Tuesday at the GECF summit. Iran has the world's second largest natural gas reserves in the world. The visit comes as Iran and the world powers involved in Iran's 2015 nuclear deal are engaging in dialogue in Vienna over restoring the deal that had been unilaterally abandoned by the United States in 2018. If talks conclude successfully, Iran will be able to sell oil and its derivatives without the hindrance of US sanctions and can expect its position in the global energy market to be reinstated. Qatar, often acting as a link between the US and Iran, relaying messages between Tehran and Washington, strongly supports the restoration of the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action (JCPOA) as the nuclear deal is formally known, as a move that will bolster regional and international security. Iran and Qatar have enjoyed significantly closer relations since the blockade imposed by Arab nations on Qatar in 2017, and the two countries have maintained these relations even after the blockade was lifted in 2021 and diplomatic relations restored. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.